0: Morning. Ooh, it's been a morning today. It's been so good. Thank you so much for being here, especially if you're a guest with us. I want to say welcome. Hope that you feel right at home. I want to say hello to everyone who's watching online and on television. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Those of you who are in the room, would you please give a big hand to our online television audience? I oh, would like to point out uh, in your bulletin that you got whenever you came in, there's a. Uh, financial update from the first quarter of the year and so i want to say two things about that number one god is so good to us and number two you are so faithful and so thank you so much for uh just your faithfulness in giving and uh, i'm so thankful for where we are right now as a church uh, again god is good amen Amen. I also want to say hello to Brian and Catherine Jones. Uh, They are here with us today. They're actually right down here to my right. You guys, if you would stand up. They're missionaries in Moldova. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being here. I love their work in preventing human trafficking. Also, their work in orphan care. They're doing a fantastic job. These folks are on the front lines of what God is doing around the world. In fact, let's just go ahead and pray a special prayer for them. Wherever you're sitting in the room, they're right down here. Would you just extend your hand toward them? Let's just pray God's blessing over them. Father, thank you so much for this family. Lord, thank you for them putting their lives on the line to go build your kingdom in places that many of us have never even been before. God, we pray your blessings on, you, on them, and we thank you for them and all that you're doing. Lord, we love you. And we know you love them, and we love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for that. Also this morning, uh, we pray for another church um, each and every Sunday. And we want to pray for a Korean church here in the city, the Lord's Church, and their pastor, Jay you and so i want to lift them up as well as we pray for ourselves and get into god's word so let's pray one more time father thank you thank you for the lord's church thank you for pastor jay thank you for what you're doing and building your kingdom there lord in these difficult days would you watch over them would you protect them lord we pray that you would be with pastor jay inspire his mind protect his family as he's leading in these difficult days surround them with your love and speak to us now by the power of your holy spirit in jesus good name Amen. A verse that's not in your notes or not going to appear on the screen is Proverbs 10:25. Proverbs 10:25 says, "When the whirlwind passes through your life." What an image. "When the whirlwind passes through your life, the ungodly are blown away," it says. "But the godly have a lasting foundation." When the whirlwind passes through your life, the ungodly are blown away completely unstable, sinking sand, as the Bible calls it, right? But the godly have a lasting foundation. What I know about me and what I know about you and what I know about every one of us in this room watching online is that every one of us experiences the whirlwinds of change in life. Every one of us. Every one of us. What this verse tells us is that not everybody survives the whirlwinds of change in life. Not only do I want you to survive the whirlwinds of change in life, I want you to actually learn and grow from them. I want you to come out the other side stronger than what you are. That's why we're doing this series called The Change Exchange. Last week, uh, we opened this up. and We talked about how do we approach change in our life, and I gave you three simple things. I said, number one, that change was inevitable. It was going to happen. It always does. It always will. Change is inevitable. Number two, that God can use every change for good. Every single one of them. And then number three, that change is a way that it tests your faith. God can use change to test your faith, and again, you come out stronger on the other side. What I want to talk about today is how do we grow from change. We're all going to experience change, but how can we go into the change that we're currently living with, the change that you're living with right now, how can we grow from that experience As we navigate the changes around us see I believe that you can navigate the change you're going through with God's help I believe that with God's help you can navigate the change and again like I said be stronger as you come out the other side Proverbs 10 again 25 it says when the whirlwind passes through your life it says the godly have a lasting foundation a part of your foundation is three things number one what God has taught you through His Word. When you open up God's Word and you read it, those things that He has taught you, that's a part of your foundation. Number two are the things that other people have taught you from God's Word, whether it be in Sunday school, small group, a friend, a Bible study, whatever that is, uh, hopefully a sermon or two along the way, but whatever God has shown you through His Word, through other people. But number three, a part of your foundation is what you learn from the experiences you go through in life. Now, just because you go through an experience in life does not mean you learn anything, okay? Part of what we want to do is we want to learn and grow as we go through the changes in those seasons in life that we do experience. And that's the one I want to talk about, that number three. And I want to give you four points this morning. Actually, this is like an eight-point sermon, but I broke it into part one, part two. We'll do part two next week, so You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Right there. Point number one. Point number one. Matter of fact, somebody, everybody, look look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, and tell them you're about to hear from God. Go and tell them. Good, good. Now, now look back at them and say, "That's why I brought you. That's why I brought you." Yes. Point number one. Point number one. If we're going to grow from change, point number one is that we have to ask God to reveal Himself in the change. We have to ask God to reveal Himself in the change. I touched on this last week. Last week I I said, whenever things start changing in our life, especially the things we see as negative change in our life, that's when we begin to inquire and ask of God, okay, God, what are you up to? What are you up to? What are you doing? How are you moving? Now, this is not like an inquisition or anything. We're simply beginning to ask the question, God, would you show yourself to me in some way? God, I know you're on the move. I know that in the midst of change, you do amazing things. And so, Lord, what are you up to? Will you show yourself, make yourself known, reveal yourself to me in all the change that seems to be happening around me? As I said last week, uh, too, many times our reaction to change around us, especially if we see it as negative change, our reaction is to fix it, right? We want to fix or correct what we think has gone wrong around us. But I think what God wants us to do is to take a different approach. Whenever we're experiencing the whirlwinds of change in life, I believe what God wants us to do is to begin to seek him Begin to seek him. Begin to ask those questions. God, would you show me what you're up to in the midst of all the change that's happening around me? You see, when we experience change in life, especially if it's negative change, it, it disorients us. It knocks us off kilter, right? It, 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 all of a sudden, our norm, what was normal for us, is no longer normal, right? And in those moments when we find ourselves disoriented, again, most of the time our reaction is we just have some emotional Response to it. But I think in those moments when we find ourselves disoriented in life, those are moments that should be a flag for us. We should know that in those moments when I'm disoriented, that's when I need to seek God. That's when I need to call a time out and start seeking God and see what he is up to. Ask him to reveal himself in the midst of the change. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, God says, if you look for me in earnest, if you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. You will find me when you seek me. Now I want to give you a secret. You don't know a secret. Yeah. Do you really? You want to know a secret? I'll tell you. won't be a secret anymore, but I'll tell you. Here's a secret. Are you ready? Here's a secret. Are you ready? Here's a secret. My mic's going out. My mic doesn't want me to tell you the secret. The secret I'll tell you in just a second. Just one second, one second Can I have this one? Oh, that one. That is phenomenal. Thank you so much, my friend. Give him a big hand. There we go.. Yeah. Test. Okay. you ready for a secret? The secret is that God is not. Hiding from you. I want you to know this. He's not hiding from you. None whatsoever. In fact, what Jeremiah 29 13 tells us, he says, You, if you look for me in earnest, he says, You will find me when you seek me. You will find me. So many times we, we think that, that God is out there and he's hiding in some way. For, he's not hiding. He's not hiding. Not at all. In fact, the promise is we will find him. I want to give you. I want to make three statements about this. Number one is this. Um, the fir- I want to give you three statements, three words. The first statement is this: is that how we seek God in earnest, how we go after Him. First, we have to show up. Show up. Showing up. Showing up's half the battle. We have to show up, and then we have to keep it up. We have to keep showing up, and then we have to never give up. Never give up. We show up, we keep it up, and we never give up. Now, that phrase, show up, the word I want you to think of is the word dependent. We have to show up dependent, saying, God, I need you to speak to me. I'm I, I really, I'm depending on you in the midst of all this change that I'm going through. God, God I need you. I need you. Show up dependent. The, the phrase, keep it up, think of the word determined. We have to be determined. We have to be determined to show up again and again and again as many times as we need to as God is is revealing what he's up to and what he's doing in the midst of the change around us. And then the third phrase, when it says never give up, we have to think of the word desperate. Desperate. Your level of desperation in life in many ways will determine, it will determine whether or not you hear from God in the midst of all the change you experience in life. Your level of desperation will determine will determine whether or not you hear from God. Because if you're not desperate enough to show up and keep showing up and never give up in showing up, if you're not desperate enough in that, you're just going to throw your hands in there and go look for answers somewhere else. So we have to be dependent, we have to be determined, and we have to be desperate. But and whenever we seek God in that way, the promise is, is that we will find him. He will reveal himself in what he is up to in the midst of the change we are experiencing. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? So the first thing we have to do is we have to ask God to reveal himself in the change that we are experiencing. The second thing we have to do is we have to ask God for his wisdom in the change. We have to ask God for his wisdom in the change. Now, whenever we pray, some of the prayers that we pray, they are what I'll call season sensitive. All right? So so we're praying kind of big prayers, prayers that are kind of out there, maybe about the next chapter of our life, where we're going in life. They're kind of, they're season sensitive. Some of the prayers that we pray are situationally sensitive, right? Like, God, I need an answer on Monday, You know what I mean? There's a time crunch going on here. I need you to speak. I'm going into a meeting on Monday. I need some wisdom. I need you to show up before Monday. Now, here's what I believe. Uh, Even though we pray those two kinds of prayers, some season-sensitive prayers or situationally-sensitive prayers, I believe that God loves giving his wisdom in both types. In fact, James 1, 5 says this. If you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, you ever want to know what God wants you to do, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, ask him. He says He will gladly tell you, gladly tell you, and it goes on to say he will not resent your asking he won 't resent your asking so the first thing we have to do is we have to say, God, where are you moving what what are you doing?" Would you show yourself in the midst of what's going on? But also, as I'm moving through the changes of life, the things that are changing around me, God, would you give me wisdom from heaven as I navigate these things, whether they're seasonal or situational? Now, I want to say three things about this kind of wisdom from heaven. The first thing is that it is supernatural wisdom. It is supernatural wisdom. This is not normal wisdom that we get from another person or another human being. This is supernatural wisdom that comes from God when God reveals himself in some way to us. He can reveal himself through his word. He can reveal himself through music. He can reveal himself through another person who can speak into our life. But this is wisdom that God gives that is supernatural. The second thing I want to say about this wisdom is that for us to get it, we have to make sure that we stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit in our life. And many times what happens, if we're not careful, is that we live life as a calloused Christian. We live life where we're grieving the Holy Spirit and we are actually preventing ourselves from hearing what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us or tell us or guide us as we're going through life. And so we have to make sure that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that we don't find ourselves in that place where we're living, oh yeah, we're a Christian Christian. We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're headed to heaven, sure. But while we're here, we've actually blocked out the Holy Spirit in our life. We want to be sensitive to the Spirit. The third thing I want to say is this. This kind of wisdom that James is talking about, God loves giving it to us in seasons of change. In seasons of change, but the reason why is because whenever we go through a season of change in life, like I said, it disorients us in some way. And whenever we go through those seasons of life where we are disoriented, a lot of times there's confusion. But the th- the thing about God is is that there's no confusion in God. There's no confusion in heaven. None whatsoever. And what I know about me and what I know about you is that whenever we are experiencing those times of confusion where where I'm confused about what God is doing, what God is up to, whatever it may be, whenever there's confusion, the confusion is on my part, not God's part. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians tells us that God is not the God of confusion at all, at all. And so he loves to give this wisdom. It's supernatural wisdom. It's wisdom that we get when we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our life. And God loves giving this kind of wisdom in seasons of change. He does not want you to live confused. And so the first thing we have to do is we, say, we have to say, God, where, what are you doing? Would you reveal yourself to me in the change that I'm going through? The second thing is that you have to say, God, God, give me your wisdom, supernatural wisdom from heaven. Let me be sensitive to your spirit in this season of change. The third thing is this, is that we have to listen for God's voice in change. We have to listen for God's voice in change. Our minds are constantly bombarded with messages. This happens all the time. You know this. Constantly bombarded with messages. There's so many voices that we have speaking to us in life. I, mean, I saw one study just this week that said the average American sees 5,000 advertisements A day. A day. There are all these messages coming toward us, but when it comes to listening for God's voice and hearing God's voice, there are two words I want you to keep in mind. The first word is the word responsibility, and the second word is the word relationship. Now, whenever I say responsibility, here's what I mean. Your responsibility and my responsibility for hearing God's voice in our life is no one else's, no one else's but ours. When it comes to hearing God's voice in my life, that's my responsibility. When it comes to hearing God's voice in your life, that is your responsibility. Now, here's the thing. Even though it's my responsibility to hear God's voice for my life, it's your responsibility to hear God's voice for your life. Here's the thing. Relational proximity is going to determine your ability to hear and understand his voice. Relational proximity is going to determine your ability to hear and understand God's voice in your life. Just, just like when you're talking with someone here on this planet, if there's a football field of difference between you and them, they, they can't just talk in a normal voice. They're too far away, right? Makes sense. The proximity is too much. Same thing with God relationally. Relational proximity is going to determine your ability to hear and then understand what God is saying In your life. And so we have to listen for God's voice in the midst of the change, but we have to take responsibility that it's my job to hear from God and it's built on that relationship that I have with God. Jesus said this in John 10 27. He said, My sheep hear my voice. You might want to circle the word hear if you're taking notes. My sheep hear my voice. And then he says, I know them. You might want to circle the word know. I know them, he says, and they follow me. might want to circle the word follow. Notice that there is a hearing component. There is a, a knowing, a relational component. And then there's also a following, an obedience component, meaning now I know what God wants me to do in the midst of what's going on around me. And Jesus says, my sheep, they hear my voice. I know them. We're in relationship together. And then they follow me. Whenever I speak, whenever I give wisdom, when they hear my voice, they obey, they follow. It is the right thing for them to do. It is the good thing for them to do. Now, there's a world of difference between what I want to do and what God wants me to do when I'm experiencing the whirlwinds of change, just to be honest with you. I know this. I know this to be true because, because I am one of those things called a human. And humans want comfort don't we? We are addicted to comfort. We love comfort. We spend a lot of money on comfort, don't we? You can act holy all you want to. I don't care. I know. I know. We love comfort. We always default to comfort. And when things are changing around us, when we're experiencing the whirlwinds of change in life, so many times that's immediately where we go. We go as close to comfort as we can get. God is less interested in you being comfortable. And he's more interested in your growth. God is less interested in you being comfortable. And he's more interested in you being strong. He's more interested in you learning and becoming more and more like his son. And that's why many times, whenever we're listening for God's voice and we're we're trying to hear, okay, God, I I want you to speak to me. I need wisdom from heaven. I need to know what's going on in the midst of the change. We default to comfort, and God speaks in a totally different direction. Jesus said this, John 8, 47. It says, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly, gladly, to the words of God. It says, but... You don't listen because you don't belong to God. There's this relational belonging there. Do you see that? It says anyone who belongs to God is in a relationship with God. We're the sheep. He's the shepherd. We listen gladly to the words of God, even if it leads to places of discomfort. We still want to hear what God wants, what his purpose is, what his will is, what direction is he leading us in the midst of all the change. And The question is, how do we do it? How do we do it? I'm sure you're sitting there wondering that, right? How do I do this? There, there are two things that, that we, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna hear God's voice, there are two things that have to happen and you're not gonna like either one of them. Number one is that we have to learn to be still. Be still. And number two, we have to learn to wait. To wait. And we don't do those things very well, do we? Am I the only one? Am I am the only one? Yeah. Be still. Wait. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord. That is in prayer before the Lord. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait patiently for him. That word patient, we don't like that word. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. It, Whenever you hear be still, it means sometimes we have to steal our environment that is around us. I was talking, I've had many people say this. Someone else said it to me recently as well as I was thinking about it. They said, Chris, I, I, every morning when I drive into work, I just that, that's my prayer time. I pray while I'm driving down the road. Now, I don't do that. You may do that. I applaud you. But that whole close your eyes thing and pray driving down the road, that's a health risk, I think. Not to mention, it's hard for me to pray when I'm yelling at everybody in traffic for cutting me off. You know, among other things, we won't talk about that. But anyway, but part of what we have to do is we we have to we have to be still, be still. And sometimes that means we have to calm down even the environment we're in. But especially, we have to be still in our mind. Our minds are just racing ninety to nothing. We have to still our emotions. We're we're very emotional beings. We have to be still. Be still, even with our desires. You know, every time, most of the time when we pray a prayer, there, there's this desired outcome we want at the other end of that prayer. We want God to do something in some way, and we want that way to be our way, right? And, and we, even, we have to still our desired outcomes when we sit before the Lord. And then we have to wait patiently. Sometimes we wait for moments in time. Sometimes we wait for moments over time. But the key here, the key To waiting on the Lord is to make sure that we do not act like we are God before God acts. You with me? Make make sure we do not take things into our own hands or try to fix things or try to correct things before God speaks. We wait for clear direction before we act. And those two things we have to learn. We have to learn if we're going to Hear from him. We have to ask God, would you reveal yourself and what's going on? God, I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom for how to navigate this. And then I have to make sure I put myself in a position to hear God's voice. Point number four is that we have to learn from God in the change. Learn from God in the change. I put this in here because it's not a given I said this earlier, just because you go through and experience something in life does not mean you've learned anything from that experience. You may just experienced it. And we have to take time to evaluate and, and really pray through, God, what are you teaching me in the midst of the changes that are going on in my life. Many times the change that is happening around you can be the catalyst for the change that God wants to do in you. As I said last week, God can use every change for your good in some way. God does not waste a whirlwind of change. He will use that to change you, to mold you in some way into the image of his son. I believe that. And as followers of Christ we should always be learning, yes, and that learning should lead us to growing, yes, but if we're gonna constantly be learning and growing it also means we're gonna constantly be changing. And us as followers of Christ, we should be able to answer questions like, when was the last time God changed your mind about something? When was the last time God changed your mind about how you see someone? When was the last time God changed your heart about how you see something or someone? When was the last time God changed your emotions about how you feel about something or someone? When was the last time God changed your actions about how you act towards something or someone? You see, if we're growing, if we're constantly learning and growing, then there's going to be change on the inside of us, and we should be able to see that change happening, again, if we're really growing. And God uses even the whirlwinds of change, and especially those, to do that. Paul said in Romans 5, 3, and 4, I mean, I think Paul's half crazy when he wrote this, but he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. You know, I I don't think, if it wasn't in the Bible, I don't think Paul would sell many books. You know, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. You You can replace problems and trials with negative change. Same thing. He says, for we know that they help us develop. Oh, there's learning and growing. Develop endurance, and endurance develops. There's learning and growing. Strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Paul says we grow in these moments. They're tough, they're hard, yes, but God grows us in these moments. We have to make sure that we are in a position to hear from him and learn and grow with what he wants to do in us while we're watching what's happening around us. One of the things I know for certain is this, about every person, for you, for me, everyone watching online on television is this, is that one of the things that God wants for you in the midst of change, the change you experience in life, one of the things that God wants for you is for you to be thankful. It's for you to be thankful. I'll go as far as to say this, it is God's will for you to be thankful. It is God's will. Now, I didn't make that up. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for some people in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you. I point that out to say this is that as we're experiencing the whirlwinds of change in life, as we're asking God to reveal himself, as we're asking God for wisdom, as we're navigating the whirlwinds of change, as we're listening to God's voice, as we're learning in the midst of this, one of the most important things that God wants every person to learn is how to be thankful. Thankful for who he is. Thankful for the God that never changes, that we get to have a relationship with in a world that is constantly, constantly changing. The other option is for you to run, for you to spend your life running from change or change you don't like. I was talking to a guy about 10 years ago, and he was telling me about something that changed at work. And I said, okay, so what are you going to do? How are you going to process that change? And he said, oh, it's simple. I'm going to leave. And I said, well, that's one response, okay. Um, So so let me get this straight. Because one thing changed you don't like, you're just going to change everything. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, well, good for you. You know, in about 10 years, that guy's had about 10 different jobs because he's always running from change. Listen, you can run, but you can't hide. The question is, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to process it? And one of the things that God wants for you is for you to learn to be thankful for who he is and what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do, even when the world is going crazy around you. And that's really where I want to land with the challenge. Band, if you guys want to come on up, and that is keep, we have to learn to keep our eyes on God in the midst of the change. In the midst of the whirlwind, we have to keep our eyes on Him, not the change itself. And when we do that, when we keep our eyes on God, constantly keep our eyes on God, even when everything's going crazy around us, He's going to show Himself, He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to speak to you, and you're going to be able to hear His voice and get clear direction and guidance. And you're going to learn, and you're going to grow. And we do all of that with a thankful heart, because He never changes. Amen? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray strategically in two ways. Number one, I want to pray for anyone who is here who has never focused your life on God. You've never put God at the center. You've never put him at that place where you say, God, I'm going to look to you. I want, I want you to reveal yourself. I want your wisdom. I want to hear your voice above all other voices. God, I want to learn from you. If, you. if you've never done that, that's the first thing I want to pray for. Secondly, I want to pray for those who are here who've been a Christian a long time, and maybe you need to refocus. Maybe you, you've been experiencing the whirlwind of change in life, but, but, but you've gotten your eyes off God in the midst of all that change. Remember when Peter was walking on the water? Jesus said, come on out. Come on out. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he walked. As soon as his eyes got on the wind and waves, what happened? He sank. That's the kind of prayer I want to pray for us. So wherever you are in the room, would you stand up? Let's pray. Father, as we stand up and stretch our muscles in a hot room on a Sunday morning, Lord, I'm so thankful that your spirit is here. Lord, I pray for those who have never set their eyes on you. And you alone but right now they can do that they just say God I'm dependent on you I want to see what you're doing in the midst of all that's going on all the craziness in my life God I need your wisdom I want to hear your voice I want to learn what you want me to learn in the midst of this Lord I pray you would answer those prayers And Lord I pray for all of us in the room who've been a Christian for seasons, different seasons of life, and maybe we've lost our focus on you. Lord, I pray that we would return. We would set our eyes on the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who raises the dead, who heals the sick. And Lord, I pray that we would ask you, what are you up to? How are you moving? And what's going on around me? God, would you give me your wisdom Your wisdom. Let me hear your voice again. Or let me learn and grow from what I'm going through. Lord, wherever we are, whatever we're going through right now, would you speak, would you touch, would you move? In Jesus' good and powerful name, amen.